Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Bloody Good Horror. My name's Eric, and I'll be your host for this evening, the last show before Halloween. That's right, where we will be reviewing The Night House, starring Rebecca Hall. I believe an Oscar, at least a nominee. She Did she win one of those things? Can someone go well for me? I don't, uh, she, I don't she's, think so. I'm uh, on her page. She's got some green for Juan and various... Uh, nice. Uh, joining <laughs> joining me tonight, that voice you hear from Richmond, Virginia. Please welcome Caitlin. I'm a great researcher. Eric, for those of you that are not patrons, if you'd like to get some cool, hot, behind-the-scenes info, Eric asked me to become a Rebecca Hall expert, and I am not doing a great yeah. job, but I'm trying. He asked, he asked me to be a Rebecca Hall expert like eight minutes I gave ago. her five minutes. That's right. <laughs> I had the page open. <laughs> Next up on the show... From Oakland, California, please welcome from the Zombie Girls, Miss Rachel. Yes, representing the five and dime. Locals know what that means. Love it. Next up on the show from Manhattan, New York City, he's representing, I don't know, uh, stockbrokers or something. Please welcome (laughs) John Schnars to the show. Hi, Eric. Remember the heady days, John? Not, Not even really. I mean, now they're just quaint when you... You could report back on Occupy Wall Street because you could like see it from your work or something oh, like yeah. that. No, no, it's where I live. I lived right off Wall Street. Twenty five Broad was my address. Yeah, unreal. They used to. They were like Liberty Plaza, where the Occupy camp was, was mm-hmm. like three blocks away. Wow. Yeah. How much, how much poop was there? Do you remember? <laughs> I didn't. I I, did, I gave it a wide berth. Just curious. I can Google it, I guess. And last up, joining us tonight from Indiana, please welcome Casey. Hello. Yeah. uh, You, I could, I'd be, I'm hard pressed to think of a a harder swing to go from Halloween Kills to the Night House. Uh, I think it's a testament to um, the wide tent of our genre. (laughs) Let's say that. The only harder swing I get is if like we had done Psycho Goreman last week and now we're doing the night house. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um I love it. Let's uh do it. Let's take a quick break and discuss the night house. This is it, Jennifer. Your big break in TV. From the front time. I think watching Rebecca Hall like full on Demi Moore in ghost style pretend to touch a person who is not there is probably (laughs) my nominee for most like, wow, I really respect people who have to be actors. (laughs) (laughs) That is not easy because she goes there. Hold on. Her fingers were touching something. No, there was some CG. It looked like, yeah. 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 Fingers getting touched. I thought they gave her like a glass globe that she was just (laughs) allowed to, you know, that's a whole I think it was a real ghost. (laughs) It could be. (laughs) They just had a ghost. They had the ghost in the IMDb credits. Could have been. (laughs) It's legit. It's really not that impressive. (laughs) Mr. Schnars. What do they do? (laughs) Give back the Oscar, Rebecca. (laughs) John, we're going to talk later about the uh, Halloween Zoomtacular meetup that happened Mm -hmm. this weekend. What did you do? Do you want to tell me what you dressed as? Uh, Well, so I dressed as something that was a little bit open for interpretation. My (laughs) original idea was Axl Rose. 
but pretty immediately I was identified to, uh, it was, what's his name? Uh, Brett Michaels, mm-hmm. rock of love era, Brett Michaels, mm-hmm. or who was the other one that people were? Uh, kid, you got a lot of kid rocks. Kid rock. Yeah. I feel like the glasses took it out of kid rock character. Cause he doesn't, I guess he wears sunglasses. Sometimes, he wears like some but. aviators. That's kind of what you had on, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, more or less. Here's the funny thing is you, it's a look. you were like, lowballing expectation like leading up you were texting like just yeah you just so you guys know i'm kind of like throwing a costume together it was infinitely more recognizable as a costume than whatever you did last year when you kept standing up drunk and going i'm this guy from frozen i look i got a vest on like, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah your whole family yeah, yeah. was frozen you killed it yeah and we were we were you, all frozen you killed it and then i could immediately look at you and go that's a costume. So nice, mm-hmm. nice work, buddy. Just want to give you some props <laughs> no, here. So uh, what I'm going to be wearing on Sunday as well. So, yeah. well, bar is like pretty low. <laughs> <laughs> unlike yeah, wear sunglasses, <laughs> John. Unlike Brett Michaels, or especially Kid Rock, because I've heard him in a number one hit song rhyme the word things with the word things. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like the same word. So I, I, I'm confident that you know what words, and he does. So. Um, Problem. With, with that said, please bring us the word of the day. Eric, these days, I mean, we've done whatever, 600 plus episodes. Um, it's rare that I'm watching a movie and I go, oh, yeah, there's there's the word. There it is. Um, but that happened this time, which was exciting. Um, the word is, uh, <laughs> can I pronounce it as a different question? I believe it's Kerdroya. Sure. Kerdroya. Does anyone anyone want to offer a different? Are you sure it's a hard A at the top? It, so it's C A E R D R. Oh yeah, probably. O I A. So it's I believe the A E is you get that. Kind of, it's that like a hard. weird Celtic thing. A Kerdroya. So I'm reading from the Wikipedia. There's not like a you know Webster's definition here. A Kerdroya is a Welsh turf maze usually in the sevenfold cretan labyrinth design they were created by shepherds on hilltops and were apparently the setting for ritual dances the nature of which which has been lost at the center of each kerdroya was a small hillock in welsh oh not going to pronounce that word a gathering for folk (laughs) dancing in wales is still called a so this other word is t-w-m-p-a-t-h T-W-M. Oh, you mean a tomb, no, tomb path? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it is a typical labyrinth of Welsh, uh, of Welsh, but there is a specimen in Italy, yada, yada. So, Kerdroya. Cool. It's a labyrinth, but sort of a Welsh version yeah. of a labyrinth. I'm curious when we get to where that... Um, uh, can you explain briefly what that has to do with the movie? So it's a little spoilery to get into it yeah, yeah. in much detail. But at one point, I think it's like sort of midway into the movie, maybe even in the first act, um, Rebecca Hall's character finds a book that's there, called Kerdroya. Yeah. And it's literally like and it starts unfolding, an exploration about unfolding yeah, like the mystery for her of what her husband was up to. I'm curious yeah. when we get there to to see like everyone's understanding of like the movie. Cause I, I cheated. And when they showed that book page with the highlighted passages, I paused and read everything I could see on screen. And so actually mm-hmm. like it was fairly clear by the time I got to the end, but 
there, there's like two or three sentences. But I don't think I they kept it up long enough to read all of it. That's the thing. Like if you just yeah. read the highlight, there's some stuff missing. You but. you definitely need to be paying attention at that exact point to yeah. like get kind of a lot of it. Yeah. Well, let's do it, buddy. Um, since you don't listen to the show, I'll let you know. Here's where the music's going to play right mm-hmm. here. Okay, cool. Please tell me uh, about The Night House. Yeah, The Night House starring Rebecca Hall. I mean basically by herself for like 80% of this movie. Um, there's a couple other characters, Sarah Goldberg, um, who anyone who watched, the only thing I knew her from was Barry for people who watch Barry. Um, she's kind of like the love interest in Barry. Same. It's um, weird. It's weird then, to see her be like a hundred percent serious because of that show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the neighbor, I like sort of recognize, but couldn't tell you where I recognize him from. Vondi Curtis Hall is his name. Um, but this comes to us from a director, David Bruckner. And so I remember when we were talking about this movie, I had like looked him up and then like forgotten. But I got really excited when I was just researching this before the show. So I am actually a David Bruckner completist in that I've seen all three of his feature films. So 2007, he directs this movie called The Signal. Now, 2007, Eric, you will remember very close to when we started this little podcast. We started at Halloween week 2007. So episode 17... I talk about the signal. How do you know? Which I had, because I was, I, I thought I had written a review for the website. So I was like, I ran a search on bloody, yeah. bloodygoodheart.com, a little website. Um, I did not write a review, but I did talk about it on episode 17 of the podcast. Damn, dude, that's fascinating. This was back when we used to have like multiple movies that we covered. In, we would just in be like, show. what did you see? What did you see? Yeah. Yeah. Which is wild. Um, I love that movie. Like I still like, fondly remember that movie from from a long time ago so he then also did a segment for vhs one he did a segment in that movie southbound which we covered um which is another one of these which like anthology he, joints do you know which segment he did in vhs one he did one called amateur night which that's the succubus the, yeah. yeah the i like oh, you. that's how it op- yeah. that's how it opens it's real good yeah oh, a good cool. one. yeah that is a good one and then he most recently before nighthouse did the ritual which we also covered the the one about the guys who go on the hunting party and demon things happen or or like satanic demon things. I don't know what you spoiler, I guess. Um, (laughs) And excitingly, he's directing as Casey figured out uh, the hell Hellraiser reboot. Yeah, that is pretty exciting after seeing this like, damn, he's, I mean, after seeing this, I can't, one of my new favorite directors. I'm hard pressed. I'm I'm hard pressed to name somebody else. I'd rather doing a Hellraiser reboot than this guy. Yeah. I'm really curious about that Hellraiser reboot now. Yeah, for sure. But so the night house, uh, so Rebecca Hall plays, and I'm going to just make sure I get every character, Beth, Beth's, um, grieving the recent suicide of her husband, Owen. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Owen. I only oh, remember that because she says his name like 400 times in the movie. She does. She, does. <laughs> she well, even and, says he has a name. Ooh, at one <laughs> <laughs> yes, we know. Thanks, you call Rebecca. him by his name. It is Owen. <laughs> Thanks, Beth. So, uh, so Beth. So Beth is, she's a teacher. She's living, we, we were somewhat discussing, in what I would refer to as upstate New York. Um, and they have this like very lovely lake house. Owen was an architect, and so he designed and sort of like hand-built a lot of this house. It's this like gorgeous house, great view, um, fairly secluded, um, but she she works in town. She's like a teacher. It's funny because like the film opens, and you get a lot of sort of like slice of her life, 
um, this, the school year has just ended. Um, so she like sort of goes in to deal with sort of end of year stuff, but otherwise the rest of the film, she's in her home. She's, you know, dealing with the, the fallout from, from losing a spouse and specifically losing one to, you know, suicide by, by gun violence. Um, he, um, she doesn't like the suicide was a big surprise in that, like there was not any red flags for her. Um, at one point she tells one of the other characters that she was always the depressive one in the relationship. And he was sort of the, the buoy, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of kept them both afloat to a certain extent. Um, and so a lot of the film begins to unfold around her, exploring not exploring explicitly but starting to go through his stuff while drinking she drinks a lot in this movie mm. <laughs> heroic levels of drinking i would describe it as <laughs> yeah. um and as she starts going through his stuff she starts to find little signs that there were things about him that she didn't know that she didn't understand you know one of the first things she finds is on his phone there's this picture and it's a single picture of a woman that looks really similar to her, but taken from sort of the backside, like, or like mm-hmm. just a, like back rear angle. Almost. So like, like he was so obscure, surreptitiously taking it. So basically. obscured that like there's debate in the movie as to whether or not it is her. Even. Yeah. Like she's not even sure for a second. She's not sure if it's her, but she doesn't know where it would have come from. Um, and so that kind of like feeds some doubts and some questions. And then there's more drinking and more finding things. And, and look, like this is where she finds this book about Kerdroya. She finds a notebook that includes drawings of the house, but then like all these other sort of arcane drawings as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, so it, in a lot of ways, like this is a movie that's not so different from, you know, we've seen other movies like this that are sort of about people dealing with grief and sort of the horror of grief. But at, at the center of this, there is this question of like, what's going on with their husband? At the same time, lots of spooky shit is happening. Um, and it's kind of normal haunted house spooky shit. Like she's laying in bed and there are knocks on the wall um, or knocks on the door and she gets up and she's sort of maybe she's seeing things. There's a lot of like really cool camera tricks we can talk about that yeah. happen throughout the movie. Yeah. Um, but a lot of that stuff is framed very much in the she's drinking a lot and she's also really sad. And so there are a lot of times in this movie where you don't know if things are happening in reality, if they're happening in her mind, somewhere in between, she wakes up at several points, like on the floor of the bathroom, on the floor of like her husband's work room and things like that. So that's kind of the setup. We should, I think we should probably cut it and then come back and talk yep. about, you know, what's going on. Thank you, John. Uh, hit me, hit me, Rachel. what do you think? So as a whore fan, I love to be scared, but as a lifelong horror fan, that just doesn't really happen anymore. You know, I've watched hundreds of horror movies and I can be like creeped out, maybe a little disturbed, whatever. But I'm like chasing that dragon of being actually scared by a movie. That's a really good way to put it. And I was so surprised that this one actually scared me. This is the most a movie has scared me in a really long time. Um, and I think we'll probably have some critiques when we get into this about like, it gets a little loosey goosey at the end. Um, but I don't know. I, this is the scariest movie I've seen in a really long time and it's beautifully acted. And I think it has some really interesting things to say, uh, about mental health and grief, Mm. which, yeah, I, it's, it's probably, it's, it's easily one of my favorite movies of the year. 
So, yes, very much. And one of the things I like the most about it, coming off of Halloween Kills, which if the thesis is of that movie is Bitch is Not About You, this one is Bitch is About You. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I'm grateful for that, too. (laughs) I like it. Caitlin. Yeah, this, uh, I think this one will make my definitely top five. I'm not sure where it's going to land yet, but this is, this is a really good one. Uh, I started it a few days ago and I was not in a good headspace to watch it. I just like, I was like, Oh no, I know what we're dealing with. I'm not today. (laughs) (laughs) And I had to start over. Uh, and I ended up, you know, starting from the beginning and and completing it. It's tough to both recognize that and be able to take a step back and like reapproach something like that. I've been in that situation. I mean, we've gotten a couple of those in the last, you know, five years or so. Like, uh, you know, not every day is going to be a hereditary day. Not every day is going to be a nighthouse day. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I when I was in the right headspace to watch it, it it hit beautifully. It's it's a gorgeous movie. It's a really tough and interesting look at grief and depression, and it's really romantic in a dark fucked up way. Yeah, I know. I agree. <laughs> um, which we can get into in spoilers. I agree. Um, but yeah, I, I liked it. Casey. I ended up loving this movie a lot and I was surprised. I really didn't know anything coming into it. So watching this unfold and there's a lot of elements to this movie that just really thrilled me. It's kind of, it's a little bit cosmic hurry. It's weird stuff going on. And I love weird stuff that I don't fully understand where they're going and trying to, you know, cause it's, we're all nerds. You're trying to predict where they're going with the movie and stuff. So some of it, like Caitlin said, some of it, it's obvious what they're dealing with, but at the same time, there's all the weird shit going on. It's like, Oh, what's going on there? I love that part. And I ate it up. And like Rachel said, this movie actually creeped me out a few times too. There's some great camera shots and some tricks they got going with shadows and whatnot that I caught myself, you know, just completely entranced by the TV, just trying to watch and see what's happening going on as the way things slowly evolved and stuff. It was a really beautifully made movie. I think like directing and cinematography and whatnot is really well put together. And as we all agree, Rebecca Hall was amazing. She went on a roller coaster room. We were right there with her the whole time. Uh, this movie's going to rank high for me this year. John. Yeah. I also love this movie. <laughs> I feel like we're just going to be like raving about it. I, um, it's so well made. Like it's very gorgeously shot. I mean, you know, everything that everyone said, um, the script is also, I think really tight. Like mm. it's a, Look, it's it's a small cast. That's usually like a good sign when when um, because that means they can. I don't know. Like, well, I mean, look, there's bad movies with a few actors in them, but like they had the confidence to make something where you just like let Rebecca Hall run wild here, um, and she she I mean, she, it's not carrying the movies and what she does. Like, she is the movie, you know. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I'm very curious. Like, and I don't. We don't need to spoil it right away. But we we should obviously get into it. Like, the mental health stuff. Like, I actually, the way this movie ends and like where it ultimately gets to. I'm like curious how it landed for people. Like, it it works. Like, I think it like holds up. And like, it, and that's one of the things I really liked about the movie. There's like an argument that it might even like undercut some of the mental health angle. Like, we've seen other movies. So like, I think about a movie like Our House. 
or is his house our house his house his house his house saint maud sensor there's like a whole slew of them yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well um relic uh um, uh-huh. like and they all like ask this sort of similar versions of the same question where it's like are we anthropomorphizing the grief are we like turning the grief into a monster this like answers it in a pretty specific way that almost like I don't know. It like undercuts the grief angle to a certain extent. I don't know. We we should get into it, but like, sure. I, I mean, it is but, still it is still a horror movie. You have that choice to do that, I guess, when you're writing. No, no. It. Well, t- totally. And as a portrait of grief, I think it is very real and true. Yeah. But like, I mean, like when and and again, maybe I we need to like unpack what actually happens because like maybe I missed something. But like, there's a little bit of like hmm, uh, the the statement that kind of gets made or or like if you take a literal reading of the film, like mm-hmm. there, it kind of goes in a specific direction, I think. But yeah. 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 I'm pretty on board with everybody else here. Um, Rebecca Hall is fantastic in this movie. She's very, so this is, it is definitely a portrait of grief. Um, but what I would say is that it's not, it's not, and, and it's interesting because Rachel describes it as scary. And I think you're right. But I, but like, just so people understand, it's not some big loud in your face trying to be scary horror movie. It's not oppressively dour like an A24 movie. Even though it's a sad movie that's about grief, I think, Caitlin, you said it's kind of darkly romantic. And I think that is a, that nails it really well. It is like a, it is a layered portrait of grief. And Rebecca Hall's vibe in this movie is what I would call like, she's um grieving but like indignant because yeah she she's like angry grieving angry, in a way like, that we don't see a lot of she times. both feels lost and confused and also abandoned but then as she starts to find out maybe she didn't really know her partner the way she thought that she did that brings up all this other anger um you know there's there's just a lot of nuance in it like she has this friend who clearly is the kind of person who's like not super comfortable in that space talking about grief but Rebecca Hall is just angry and pissed and wanting to talk about it. And I mean, the funny thing is that's some of the most horrifying stuff in the whole movie to me, like watching two people just not in the same plane, having to butt heads and just, she's like, well, she's coping with like really dark humor in a lot of scenes and nobody, it's not landing with any of her Well, that was going to be my point. Like it's funny. Like it's, it's weirdly funny sometimes too, even in the dark moments where like she has her, uh, this she finally confronts this other woman and is at the house, and she's literally just pouring like milk glass sized <laughs> pours of whiskey or whatever the is hell she pork? has. What's she drinking? Brandy. I think it was brandy. brandy. Some brandy. Yeah, some fancy yeah. thing. But it's like you know, just really sloppily. I mean, it's weird. It's interesting how how much humor is kind of laced throughout it as well. It Can is, I really quick, Eric? Because you were saying, talking about how scary there are two jump scares in this movie that legitimately like scared the shit out of me. Yeah. And they're not. And the cool thing is though, they're also not overbearing in the sound department. It is much more about, it's much more about, I mean, I had headphones in and I was like, wow, but they're jump scares, but they're a little more subtle than your typical 2020 jump scare. The sound, the sound design. Well, they're not purely sound based. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're scary because of how the tensions built up, I think. And they, the sound design is killer. I'm particularly obsessed with the way they mixed the, the voice from the other side is real yes. weird, especially if you have headphones on. It's like real yeah, yeah. Uh, discomforting. Um, 
We should mention there's a scene where you straight up think there's about to be like ghost boning happening. It does not happen in this movie, but um, <laughs> close. So Eric's close. so pissed off, just so angry. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, Whoa, okay. Um, but it's it's really good. I think because the other thing is it's a slow burn, but not ever boring. Partially because I've seen movies that kind of um, dole out information this slowly that feel torturous and boring because as an audience, when they're not like, it's a real balancing act. And if you're not giving enough character stuff for people to dig into, you're just sitting there being like, Oh my God, give me more plot. But she, but Rebecca Hall is so, um, kind of entrancing in this movie or something like she just, your, your journey, your, her journey, you're with it on it with her. And it makes you feel just kind of, you're letting the movie, I'm letting the movie take it, take me where it's like going. Well, and it's really like, and you're kind of feeling the same emotions along with her as she's finding this stuff out. Right. Yeah. Right. There is there when I, cause I'm thinking about it and like, I do, I think we do have to sort of walk through everything that goes. There's a lot of plot that they have to communicate in this movie, but they avoid for the most part, just straight exposition. There's a couple yeah. of sequences specifically, Eric, you mentioned like the, the woman that she meets who I think is the woman in the picture. or She's like certainly one, you know, of the potential women in the, in the picture that she finds on the phone. And like there, that's where you get like some plot dumpage, but there's just no other way for the amount of, um, uh, the complexity that they built into the script for them to convey as much as they did. You know, we talked about the care Droya and like where, you know, you mentioned there's a sequence where she's looking at these books. If you pause the screen and, and as you said, you sort of like read through them, you can, you know, sort of where it's going to a certain extent, but if you don't do that, like they have to explain it to you. Because I'd be otherwise, curious to go back and look because yeah. the way it is, is it pans on a page and there's two short highlighted sequences, which where I assume like, a normal person. That's just what you'd read or whatever. Cause you probably only have enough time to read that. But having yeah. read the whole page, it kind of spells everything out, which is good. Cause otherwise well, I would have been like, what the hell just happened? There's other, there's two, at least two other like pretty important pieces of information. Like yes. if you don't know that the husband is an architect and built the hat, like that is like very central ultimately to where it goes. And then there's this whole moment and we'll like move into spoilers, I guess, but this comes like maybe like pretty early in the film where Rebecca Hall is, I think talking to the friend Claire and telling her about the time she dies. She <laughs> died when she was like 17. She's in a car accident and that she was dead for like four minutes. Um, oh, well she's explaining it to her because there's a note that was found with the suicide yeah. and she's yeah. explaining to her what, what, the, what she thinks the note means. Um, and that well, is that's basically, <laughs> yeah, I mean that like it's basically, there's nothing on the other side and she like knows that because she died and the husband says that to her in the note. That was I, one of like three scenes that left me like slack jawed as she was explaining her death. And when she was dead for four minutes and didn't see nothing, I literally spent that entire scene just, uh. Yeah. For me, it <laughs> wasn't as shocking as the moment where she's like out for casual drinks and she was like, you guys want to read the suicide note? Like she's like drunk and like rowdy and you're like, oh, oh God. Like you feel for her because she's wow. grieving, but it's like, it's oh brutal, God, like but this I whole loved, group is so suffering. I love that energy. Yeah, yeah. So that's I, the way that scene well, builds is amazing. Well, and it's funny too because the other two teachers that are not the best friend are like, they're they're trying to kind of performatively tell funny stories and like distract, but then she just starts going into it, and then they're both like, "Wait, what?" And they just like they want to <laughs> go farther, and the friend is just mortified by the whole thing. It's such an interesting like yeah. group dynamic. In that scene. But didn't yeah. one it's teacher even? 
didn't the one teacher even say she's like, well, she obviously wants to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would I would highly recommend I watched it a second time today to prepare for this because I, I walked away from a first viewing with a lot of questions. And I would highly recommend a second watch if you enjoyed it because I think a lot of there's a lot more things seeded in throughout the story that have a lot of um different you they just hit differently the second time through. That comes down to just like intonation when she's reading the suicide note. All of that has like so much more um, information that you can glean from it the second time it's through. A it's fast, a really good second watch. They keep coming back to cool. the suicide note and it's fascinating how every time they come back to it, it's recontextualized in some way by like a piece of information mm-hmm. you yeah. have. And it's really interestingly written as a riddle sort of. Yeah, yeah. well, that's the thing. It's, it's not like in another movie, it would have been like an actual riddle and she would have had been like solving the riddle. It's not a riddle. Like it's just like this very simple four line. Note, it's, it's a riddle in the sense they, of like, yeah. Yeah, it's coded. Yeah, as they peel it's, back yeah. more and more parts. Yeah, but it's and it's coded into her. Like, right. like she doesn't even really have an understanding for what's going on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do we want to like get into like the real big spoilers or what? Is I think we have to, right? Well, can I like pose what I think happened, and you guys can validate or correct me, and that can be how we get into spoilers. Yeah. Okay, so she died when she was 17 and she was dead for four minutes. And she sort of like touched this like endless, the other side, right? And since then, it seems like death or that other side has been trying to get her back. And I guess the husband figured it out and has been trying to, like he wrote in the margin like trickery, question mark, of his books. And he's like trying to trick death by giving it these lookalikes that look like her and... And that's why he builds like the reverse floor plan of the yeah. house so that he can like trick the death or demon or whatever was on the other side and like feed it these fake Beths and then but it's just not working and eventually he gets lost in it too. Yes. Yeah. And that's and that's what the book lays out that that is like a thing to basically okay. build other mirrored structures nearby your structure to basically confuse evil entities that are kind of like attached to you or looking for you. Yeah. Now they, they're then, but they're then that's what the book talks about structures. The plot or like the story is then making a leap directly to also people. Cause that's essentially what he's doing. He's trying to feed it like similar looking people kind of. Um, Yeah. My question is how stupid is this like entity? Like after the first one that wasn't her, do you think he was like, Hey, you, that well, the, I see what you I mean. Did the there. book there was a out, comment, yeah, yeah, specifically ahead, lays out that the purpose of that maze and what he was doing is so that you can give it alternate sacrifices. Like that is the function of that Caldera thing. And there was a mention of the reverse Caldera. Well, I know that, right. re- but she mentioned of the uh, reverse floor plan being there to confuse the entity. No, I understand that, but when she's talking to him, she says like he was trying to trick you, or like did he trick you or something? She's like, and the demon says like for a li- it worked for a little while or something like that yeah i'm just it's just funny i picture this demon well, being yeah. like so what's going well, on the fact here? That like, the demon is using yeah. owen as the sort of like voice and eric you mentioned the voice design is really unsettling but like the fact that it oh, comes right. through owen is really rough and like the fact that the text like he's tricking her like come downstairs like the come downstairs text like gutted oh, me <laughs> in the beginning yeah. i was like fuck yeah. me that's so sad <laughs> mm-hmm. but like it's i don't know that and all like the literal mirror shots it's it's yeah they did a good job 
some of the reflections <laughs> in the glass in this movie, with the way they handled that shadow of nothing or whatever he was, the Wikipedia plot drop call it, names him as nothing. Um, those shots were so good. There's that first shot early on when we first hear the knocking on the door and she runs downstairs. You already got tension because there's weird knocking in the middle of the night. We know she's alone. There's giant glass panes on the doors. So anything that's out there, she has zero protection from. And then she kind of leaves that door in the back. And as you're freaking out saying, shut the damn door, lady, you can see that shadow form in there. And it wasn't like jump out and scare you form. It kind of slowly resolved. And as all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> It, it was me, perfect. It was well, the, the molding on that column when the face. Yes. Because <laughs> I mean, I see faces in things. Well, and my nightmare is one day they're going to turn and look back. <laughs> yeah. We've all had that, right? Like you're yeah. like, walking down the hallway in your house okay. and it's like, you know, you just see it's like a pile of clothes and you're like, oh, is that like a fucking animal? Or <laughs> it's like in the dark. The, um, the I loved that. Like he's an architect the house takes on all of it because like that thing with the column, right? Like that's just a trick shot. I mean, it's probably, they probably did it in post would be my guess. Like there was some stuff that went on there, but the way that that shot resolves and, and you know, the, the camera, I can't remember if it, if there was like a change of field or what, but like when you see it and then it looks like the head's turning, I mean, it is really creepy. Yeah. So so I thought I had last night while watching this, and I haven't read the entire book. Eric, I know you have in the past, and I don't know the rest of you. Did anybody else get like House of Leaves vibes from this? Mm-hmm. The the director says he was partially inspired by that book. Yeah, makes sense. Yep. You know the weird like mm-hmm. it's a weird kind of like line I drew, but it sort of reminds me of like um, a modern update on a lot of the themes in like the Changeling. Because mm-hmm. the changeling yeah. is a good example of a similar vibe where it's about being scared, but it's also you're being sort of frightened by someone that you have lost. And so there's also this angle of longing and like grief and all like, I don't know, yeah. something, something reminded me of the changeling in this thing. Well, it's also like she's calling out and it's one of those things that we get in a lot of horror movies, like with Ouija boards or with even in hereditary, like you're calling to you know, your loved one, but it's not them that's answering. And it's sort of like with the Ouija board, you're trying to contact somebody, but it might not be them that's answering. And that's, that's so gutting in a movie about grief, especially where there's like just so much emotion. And it's also really fucking scary. She wants it so badly. Yeah. Yeah. She calls out to them several times. She wants it so badly. Yeah. Well, she's also drinking a lot, right? (laughs) So (laughs) there is this element of like, Look, like if you want something that badly, you're able to like convince yourself like the alcohol helps you get there to a certain extent, you know, or or confuses you enough that you're willing to believe it. Um, it's also so, a yeah. clever way to keep My, your character in a haunted house when every when normally you'd be like, get out, get out, get out. But yeah. like it's yeah. somewhat benign force that she's like hungry for it to be there and be who she thinks that is. So she stays in a dangerous situation in a way that you're not ever you never lose your um patience with her as a character because it's totally understandable why she would stay despite it being obviously bad um, yeah. and dangerous. Well, but that so there's a cut this is where like all right so we want to talk about some of the questions I had like mm-hmm. well one plot related question and then like if we want to talk about sort of what it all means. The um what is there a thing that triggers the ghost to be able to do the the nothing to be able to take physical action against her? Because I did have that question around like to your point, she stays in this house for a long time because she thinks it's Owen. Um, maybe the angle is like the ghost is like gonna 
well, where where the film actually goes is she she like there is a question of like is she going to kill herself or not, but the ghost is also able to like physically attack her or maybe that's happening in a dream like that. It's hard to say. I feel like it's like, one of those things like the, the more you engage with it, the more like power it gives it because she in the beginning she's, like she's kind of like yeah and then she like she goes to the reverse house she picks up that idol she's like in it really deep and she's like searching for it and seeking it out so maybe that's the i i love that that works for yeah. me and it, i mean it also fits you thematically with game. like the like yeah <laughs> <laughs> on sort of the metaphorical level too right like the more you engage with despair and depression like the stronger its grip it can get on you kind of thing yeah, I also like with this movie with the way like with as dense as this plot is, they still managed to be fairly ambiguous as to what was going on with Owen and what the end result was going on. I mean, I missed the passages that Eric saw in the book when he paused it, but still up until like the third act, it was still fairly ambiguous that maybe David had figured something out with the afterlife or something and they could have been going that route and then they kind of steered us into where they ended up and i liked where they ended up i just thought it was interesting because for me it was still fairly up in the air as to what was going on by the time like the third act started well even if you read the book like you're still what you don't understand is why he's doing what he's doing and that's really the ultimate reveal of the movie is like what's what's turned him or motivated him to feel the need to do this stuff you i just you just kind of figure like okay he's you figure there's something with sacrifices happening and that he's trying to like a confuse some type of bad entity or something it's really well, and that's no go ahead. that's the romantic angle of it you yeah, know and it's yeah. like it's deeply fucked up but it's like he's committed like oh he, he killed people killer. for me oh <laughs> that's all sweet mm-hmm. <laughs> he killed all these lookalikes for me oh that's like yeah, but he that's did like it for me I, you know it's funny it's funny <laughs> because this guy had because this guy had done vhs i was thinking of that segment of vhs viral with the researcher who discovers the portal to like a bizarro oh universe. <laughs> and I just kept thinking that maybe these were like bizarro versions of her that he had like found or something. Like there's, there's that. Cause yeah. I wondered that for a second early too, on. Like there was, yeah. It would have been easy for this to been a uh, multiverse type of situation. I like, how, I like that. They were like, Oh, brown hair girl, one brown hair girl too. <laughs> I love how casually the neighbors, like after like, he kind of gets called out for not really being honest with her. He's like, yeah, well, I did see him in the woods a couple times, like by himself at night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. First of all, it doesn't, of doesn't explain why he's in the woods in the middle of the night at all. But. <laughs> well, I was very curious if the neighbor was going to turn out to be evil because he's also like pretty aggressive with her, mm-hmm. yeah. like emotionally. So like now the neighbor he's and she have like a pretty. Yeah. Yes. And he has, they have like a very close. I mean, the way, the way it's explained is like, they have a close relationship because his wife has recently died. And so they, Owen and Beth like helped him through his grief. And so he feels sort of paternal. Like he feels like very connected to her, but he's like, it, it's not like a, Hey, like, let's talk about it. And like, I'll, you know, I'll, you know, therapist style, like help you work through this. He's like, you need to stop what you are <laughs> yeah. doing. You know, yeah, you're, like, Whoa, like, no, you're not good. <laughs> I don't think you should do that. Yeah. Yeah. He was I just mean, very great. And so then it was like, is he trying to cover up? Did he, I don't think he knew about the murders. Like, I, I don't know, but like there was questions. It like raised questions of like, is he part of this broader Owen conspiracy that we were like uncovering? He was yeah. one of, he and also the Mel, I think Mel was her friend's name characters. I thought were Claire. Really, 
Claire, Claire, really yeah. smart ways this movie kind of subverted your expectations. Because I thought, I too, when he was in the woods, I was like, oh, no, he's in on it. Or we're going to find out, like, Owen the ghost is here to protect her from him or some, you know, like that. In a, yeah. in a lesser film, that would be the twist, right? Um, yeah. Between between him and her not being being nice because she genuinely loves her, not because she's afraid she's going to find out. I also thought maybe she was gonna like having an affair with the husband again. Same. That would be I a twist. Because she, she was like, "Why are you looking through his phone?" I was like, "You're on yeah. there. I know you're on yeah. there." I <laughs> right. I but loved... those twists served that like larger theory about the thing that pulls you back from the brink is being like connected to other people. Mm-hmm. And like, if you think about how she was behaving when we're not through her perspective, like he probably is seeing really dangerous behaviors from her. And so he's probably being, yes, paternalistic. But and it comes from a thing place of Claire. being like, you're behaving very destructively. Yeah. And I think yeah. everyone in her life is having that same response. Like everyone that cares is like, holy shit, she's coming apart. Right. Because Claire was an interesting counterpoint to mm-hmm. her throughout this movie, just because of the states where they're both. I think you're exactly right. I think we were getting the reactions from seeing from them seeing them because Claire was just as the exact same way. She's like, you're not well. And I'm really worried. You need to get out. Of there. There's something funny about that actress. Yeah. Like she's so good on Barry, the, uh, the best yes. friend, but it's like, there's something about her delivery. She always seems a little confused. It's like something about the way she did like her. <laughs> I think it's her, the way she like knits her eyebrows. Yeah. She's like her, like her concern also looks like confusion, which works perfectly for her Barry character, but it's like real weird yeah. here. I will say her, so her voice is the one that kind of not even snaps Beth out of it, but her voice is the one Beth hears when she's sort of like caught between dimensions at the end when she's mm-hmm. on the boat and we're wondering if she's going to you know, shoot herself or not. And that scene was really impactful. Like I could feel myself like it was oh. really emotional because like, she hears it, and Eric, we we texted a little about like it's a little silly when she like swims over and like pulls her into the water. She but swims at the same over. Time, it's like that's the shock she might have needed, and I I yeah. did like yeah. it was it was an impactful scene, like her hearing the voice like outside of the realm where she's caught. It was it was nice. I and was, it was like, oh, that's a good friend. I was pretty into the ending, how the story kind of wraps up, like all that stuff. There was yeah, I was texting you guys. It was funny because. The friend comes out. She's sort of out in the boat that her husband had killed herself in, and she's got the gun. And like, she is also like in a trance. She's in kind of this other plane, and but the friend can see her because it's really happening. So the friend swims out, gets up to her, just straight up clotheslines her out of the boat into the water. I'm like, that's real. She bold. Jasons her, <laughs> like, yeah, Jason. Yeah, so I understand sad. you're trying to stop her, but it just was, looked really funny. I'm like, man, she's really confident in her like lifeguarding abilities. <laughs> So this is a full, <laughs> full grown ass woman that you just now ha- are responsible for. Who is catatonic. Who's catatonic? <laughs> who you don't have to get to shore. Which is funny. She does swim. Like she like coaches her to swim <laughs> herself. I um. There's a version of this movie that it I would have like, been funny if she sure. did that well, and she just sure. sank to the bottom and then I was like, ooh, okay, I guess the movie's <laughs> over. Well, like before you get Claire running down, because like where the movie ends up is like pretty happy place. Like it's like, but I felt like within five minutes of the ending, I was like, man, this could go like, they could go full dark here. And just like, if yeah. she doesn't make it out, like, because the movie is, I mean, it, we've talked about, it, we've hit on a lot of it, but like, ultimately like it's, it's tough. Like it's like a, there's, there are, there's a dark version of this movie where Rebecca yeah. Hall's character is like, that's the end. You know, you, I mean, you just hear like um, a gunshot in the background ugh. and it fades to black. <laughs> well, we, we do get yeah. the, sort of like the figure of nothing in the boat as like yeah. one of the last scenes. But we also, the question kind of remains like, 
I'm pretty sure death or nothing or whatever it is, is going to continue to come for her, just like she's going to continue to struggle with depression. Like, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. It's always going to be there. And it's yeah. going to be something that she battles throughout her life. So, yeah. So this is a good tee up because here's my question. Not not my question. If I were to, like, give you the thing that bothers me the most about the movie, which is not very much. Like, But if you read the movie as a movie about her depression which is like, I think like an appropriate reading. Um, it, it's weird that like the, the most awful stuff that happens and it doesn't, it happens like before the movie starts really, but it's like, it's actually the husband. Right. So then there's like this argument of like, Oh, well maybe this is like also a story about how like people who are in relationships with depressed people, like it's infectious, like they can be infected. Like, but like he also like murders a shitload people like well that's why it's not just about him struggling with darkness it's funny how quickly that's just like becomes a serial killer it's cool yeah 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 i guess i read it more in the sense that like she's struggling with darkness but he's i i didn't take it that he was struggling with anything besides trying to protect her from her own shit you know yeah but i mean the same deluded view is probably uh, like an unrealistic view of the world that he had that he was doing this to save her right he did murder people you would typically think Yeah, this is where it got a little messy for me, where I was like excited to see what you guys thought, because I feel like it's working on these three levels. And then at this point, there is a little because there's literal behaviors that are happening that it it kind of messes with what's happening on a metaphor. Well, the movie certainly wants the movies. You're yes, you just crystallized what I was trying. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Rachel. The movie certainly wants you to then flip to that more romantic not mean romantic's a stronger but but kind of like or sweet or like whatever like he was oh he wasn't cheating on me he was just killing people to save my life but they 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 definitely want some kind of good feelings there and they sort of do that by um you never hear anything about any of the other any of the victims or like their families or like like families are probably looking for these chicks like are we just not gonna yeah. uh, talk about that well, um, it's like god she's gonna spill the beans like oh he killed a whole bunch of people sorry th- your legacy is all fucked now, i think but. that the movie does handle it probably as gracefully as you could trying to thread the needle that they're, yeah. that oh, they're yeah, trying fine. to thread for sure no well, that's what, like the the script sorry case it was like it's it's really neat. Like they, they, they really do get it as close as you know as possible for yeah. something that is pretty complicated and, you know, as Rachel said, like super layered and and trying to deal across some of these different layers. That whole final scene in the boat, though, as we see the two different moons coming from the two different planes and stuff like that, that was another moment in this movie. I was kind of, kind of went slack jawed. It's such an emotional scene in this movie, watching her struggle with that decision at the end. And yeah. you can feel like a physical relief as you see her start to change her mind. And then yes. Claire comes and pulls her out of the boat. You're like physically relieved, like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I would have I feel a like- different opinion of this movie if it had ended with her shooting yeah. herself. I'd be yeah. pretty bummed. There's a it moment. Like the mist, there's right? a moment. Yeah. Well, I thought of the mist, and there's a moment like they let it linger, and you're just sitting there as the audience, and you're like, "What are they doing next? Like, where are we going with this?" You know, it's pretty. Yeah. I mean, but I think you, it, they set it up to where you, they set it up to where like, yeah. you could see it going yeah. either way, and it's like interesting. Yeah. It makes that part like, tense. I am someone that struggles with really severe depression and it does feel like when you're in it sometimes and it's like, it's daytime outside, everyone else can see it. And you're just like, I'm in the boat. Like I, I know you're out there. I get it. But like, I can't get out of this like double plane shit right Mm -hmm. now. So like, I mean, I thought it was really effective and I I mean, and that's why it was so impactful. Like when, when she finally can hear is Claire's voice, you know, but Mm -hmm. yeah. 
And but I, I do think you know that my read on the end was like she can still see the nothing yeah. sorta, and like she is gonna have to continue to deal with this and continue. Like I imagine deal with the repercussions of her husband's <laughs> murder spree. Well, yeah. I flipped like, it back. <laughs> yeah, we found awkward. all these dead bodies that looked just like you. I rewound because <laughs> got any answers for us here, Beth? I rewound because I couldn't hear what the neighbor said. Was he saying there's nothing there or there's something there? Like I couldn't hear what he said. Nothing. Nothing. Because so he's it's like looking, that double meaning, right? Like he sees nothing and she sees nothing capital N. But he's yeah, like, like yeah. there's nothing there. Or he's like, there's nothing there. And she's like, I know. And it was, I was just like, weirdly. Silly, it was yeah. a little confusing because he looks and it's like an acting thing. But I swear he looks like he's seeing something in that scene. I Maybe that's part yeah. of. I think it's because she was staring so intently. Yeah. And he's like, there's nothing there. Now, do you think there's any chance story-wise that this stuff with her husband didn't happen and this was all effects of her depression, maybe? Just curious, because we don't... He's definitely dead. Like, that, like if you get to that point, <laughs> no, I know he's like, dead. The whole movie didn't happen, you know? He's, he, know he's, definitely, dead. he's definitely dead. And he yeah. did try to choke that lady who is a real lady in real life. That's so, true. like, that suggests uh-huh. that probably this is real. But why didn't he let any of the other girls go when they said they weren't comfortable with it? Right? They're not comfortable with dying, actually. <laughs> no, I think I think that last girl, I think she was the last girl. He let her go, and then he killed himself. Uh, that makes sense. Um, He's like, can I just do his, this, please? So his reading of it must have been that, like, the only way, because, like, okay, yeah, now we come back to the note. And like the note implies that he believed that he was the threat to his wife and that like his his sort of like ruse with the nothing had run out. And so it was like he had to kill her or he had to kill himself. What he the, the husband's like misunderstanding is like the ghost isn't gonna, or the nothing isn't going to stop just because he's dead. You yeah, know, he doesn't. But care that's what the husband. He hasn't seen Final Destination. I will say, <laughs> I will say what the, one of, the thing that this movie does that I commend it for because it's difficult for me is that it made me not only interested in, but like looking forward to the, I don't know, we need it. We need like a good funny name for these scenes, but the scenes in every, basically the ghost scenes in every ghost movie, meaning like you go to bed and then you wake up and you're like, Oh, everything's weird. I'm going to get up and walk around the house in a normal rote ghost movie. I am like, Oh God, just wake up. I'm so done with this bullshit. Like uh, there's going to be a noise. The door is going to open like, but they're so well done and they are, trickling out information in such an interesting way that every one of these is great. And it really ramps up to the big reveal where she really sees all this stuff and talks with the spirit. And like, it's, they're yeah. so well done. It's really, some the way, of those, and the way she goes in and out of, those, of it, it's just really, it's all yeah. shot really well. That's what I was going to say. They show that one scene uh, where she was seeing the reverse house, but like fully formed and built. And she walked in the front door. They even had the house number on the front was reversed. And then she walked in, but she's back home. Those kind of jumps I thought were amazing because it's like, oh, well, what the hell just happened now? And they did it again later. Uh, really to, when she passed out. Yeah. Well, she and it's out like at the old house. When she's looking in the mirror and seeing what her husband did to, like, that's a really cool shot to me. Yeah. And then she just gets like, I mean, that, talk I about mean, corporeal threat. She just gets fucked over. She's but, like pulled through the house, beat up, and like done in the little like hog tie position. But that rough. scene at first is like romantic and tortured, and then the way it flips on a dime is so good. So well, good. I'm not Owen. I was like, oh no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then no, the door shuts, it? and the music changes, and there's like a you hear there's a sound effect of like air chill that goes. It's just so good. It's just really well done. 
this thing is great. It's kind of a sleeper. It's like not, I mean, I've definitely heard people saying this is good, but I feel like this thing needs to be like shouted yeah. from the rooftop. It got, it, it was in theaters. I, there were definitely people on Slack who were like, oh, I got to see this in theaters and it was great. You know, like there was a little yeah. bit of chatter, but you're right. I, yeah, I, I think it's on the people aren't talking about it as much as they should be. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that getting out there. All the air. Hmm. All right, folks. <laughs> the Nighthouse. Would you recommend it, Rachel? Absolutely. I think this is elevated horror for people who hate the term elevated horror. It's a real interesting <laughs> blend of that while still using like genre conventions and it's stuff. It's horror yeah. with a capital yeah. H. It just happens to talk about the same things that like <laughs> yeah. are yeah. It's yeah. right. It is it is it's the it's aspirational, but it's not abandoning what makes a horror movie a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh Caitlin. Yeah, definitely. Casey. Yeah, I loved it. John. Yes. Same. Five thumbs up. <laughs> From the BGH crew, let's take a quick break and do some fan mail. Ever wonder why kids get blamed for everything just because their parents can't explain it? Yeah, I didn't do anything. You did, mister. The reason's right under your bed. Hey, Bob, the name's Maurice, and I'll catch you later. What goes on down there is every kid's fantasy. It's magic. Think of it, No teachers, no rules, no homework. And the best part is, you don't see any parents telling the kids what they can't eat. We're the reason kids get locked in their rooms. We're the reason brothers hate their sisters. We're also the reason that parents send their kids back to camp. Little Monster. Fred Savage. Howie Mandel. They act up when the sun goes down. Hi, I'm Denise Crosby from Pet Cemetery and Mortuary and The Walking Dead, and you are listening to Bloody Good Horror. Send feedback to info at bloodygoodhorror.com or on Twitter using hashtag AskPGH. Join Patreon to get back episodes and much more. Patreon.com slash bloody good horror. Don't fall asleep, John. It's no good. Sleeping bad. You know when I slept really well? Definitely don't. You know what night I slept really well, John? Um, After the Halloween Zoomtacular that we did. (laughs) Um, I see you. Did you? You were you were on the gummy train? What what train uh, were you on? There were some seltzer. You weren't pounding too many drinks. No. Oh, all right. You know, Um, not an alcohol one though, John. They make they make different. Ah, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, Man, this was a lot of fun. We've been talking about this for a few weeks. We had a great turnout. It was a really cool party. We did a costume contest. Um, Rachel. You showed up a little later, to pr- probably yeah. to the it probably pleased the people who won the costume contest because you showed up <laughs> literally on fire as Danny from uh, Midsummer, like full flower crown in the ba- animated background. It was like, dude, yeah, you came in strong, baller. Yeah, late because at the last minute I realized I didn't have a costume and I had to throw that thing together. Oh, this old thing. <laughs> 
you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just saved this in case cool. I just saved oh, this in case, uh, in case my boyfriend ends up, you know, like torched in a, you know, fair suit. Him. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, definitely uh, had the thing when I came in and the first three people I saw were not in costumes and I was like, Fuck. well, <laughs> day of I, like, scanned and saw someone. I was like, oh, thank you. No, day of like <laughs> I, I started fire <laughs> the day of the party i started seeing people in slack like a handful be like i'm gonna be there but man it's been a crazy day like i'm i didn't have time to do a costume whatever and i was i was getting nervous that like schnars and i were gonna be the only people in costume but actually i would say it was a maybe 50 50 with like a handful of people really going all out which was yeah. which was enough for Most me so costumes. yeah, yeah. adam went, went hard it looked awesome yeah so um uh, Adam got bonus points for discomfort. Julie, Julie, <laughs> oh my god, Julie, Julie and Justin, her partner Justin, were dressed as she was Beetlejuice and he was Lydia. She hand sewed his costume; it was incredible. They won first place. Um, second place, animated uh, Lydia. Yes, second place. I I said that, Casey. Second place was Adam, who Adam uh, every year he likes like a. Uh, I don't even know what you call it, like portmanteau costumes, kind of. It's like of. a pun. Yeah. It's like a pun, pun costume. costume. So he this was Spiral, costume. the Book of Sauce. So it was a combination of like Uzumaki, <laughs> right? Like combined with a book that said Saw on it. Like it was a whole, he won second place. It was, he went all out. It was pretty amazing. And third place was uh, Whitney, long time, long time, uh, dressed as Leech Woman from the Puppet Master Series, complete with a gelatin leech that she made. And then oh, on command would like leech. turn her video off, get ready, turn it back on, and then slowly leech vomit out for people. So that was pretty fun. <laughs> and she got so retweeted cool. by uh, uh, Darcy for that from uh, the last drive-in. So that was pretty cool. So we did, yeah, we did the party. And then we did um, trivia. We gave out all the door prizes, um, which Caitlin, you and I, you and I have to powwow on that about shipping that stuff out and stuff. But uh, it was really cool. Like in a non, uh, you know, last year was the height of like pandemic 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 <laughs> accurate last year was the height of i think i just coined a thing um of of pandemic craziness on slack and we had a big turnout it was just an insane party so i wasn't sure what this year was going to be like because slack is just different in general but we had a really awesome turnout including a bunch of people that like don't necessarily hang out on slack and had ne- didn't attend last year and um that that was really cool really cool to see that was it was, it was fun. a fun times and Schnarr's dressed good. up. What more can you ask for? I was dressed and as, I wasn't blacked out for like you yeah. know fifty percent of the time. John, that was the one. Time. John, what yeah. did Only you? Fifteen percent. John, what did you <laughs> think? The rest of you, Schnarr's. What did you think about my um, wig for my quarantine Schnarr's costume? It was solid. I, you brought it. I, I liked that you did wig, but you also remembered the backwards hat because well, that's, I think, what gets you to full puddle of mud puddle of status. Mud. Yeah. <laughs> and I made yeah, my background that. with the puddle of mud logo on it and a giant crab because you live in Maryland. Because you know Maryland. If you, you would trim down to dirt stash from your like you, your beard is just way too full and healthy for me. You know? Well, I know like, you're I was going to be a I wasn't going to sacrifice here. it for one night and then just the yeah, next no, day just look like you. Commit to the bit, Eric. Yeah, it right? looked nice on you. I was like, oh. The 
the golden locks. They, they did look nice, Eric. Thank you. Yeah. The best part, though, is Rachel shows up with her animated gif in the background with the flames and everything in her midsummer costume. And I heard Eric mumble in the background, oh, I could have made my crab move. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, I've seen hosts. I don't know why an animated background didn't occur to me. Like, I I, I work in video. I could have done something cool. I could have had an animated beach scene behind me. It could have been a whole thing. Um, yeah, that was, that was very inspired, Rachel. At one point, so I was at my parents the, over the weekend, so I was doing it from there. And at one point, like my mom came upstairs to ask me something. I didn't, had no idea what was going on. I just looked over and I'm in this wig. Are you this having hat fun on, with your friends? And she just, she just started laughing and just walked away. Doing your podcast, Eric. I mean, she knows to some extent at some point. Um, oh, God bless. Man, but it was awesome. Thank you. Huge, huge thanks to everybody, everybody who came out and everybody who's, um, you know, supporting us on Patreon and stuff. Along those lines, John, you and I have been powwowing about doing some Patreon refresh stuff. And there was a thing that we stumbled upon that we actually realized can be, we're going to execute fairly quick on this. So right now, if you join, I believe at the, is it the brood level? Is that Any one level. Of our levels? No, the Any classics. For right now. Oh, yeah. That's that's, future state. Yeah, yeah. We're talking current. So you would get get a a Google Drive folder with every episode in it. Um, What we decided is we're basically... So there's also a Patreon podcast feed. People may or may not know about this. It's kind of dead at the moment. It used to house spinoffs when those were happening more regularly. So what we decided is we're going to basically... They're still in there, by the way. Yeah. You, you could add that feed. You yes. can like grab. Some you could go listen films. to Eric shows. You could go listen to all the sophisticated cinema episodes. There's lots of great stuff in there. It just hasn't been posted in a while. We're actually going to turn this into um, a weekly, basically rotating classics feed. So I think we're going to try it. We're we're aiming for Monday, December first to launch this. It, there'll be these episodes will be posted every Monday. They're going to be um, classic episodes from the same week in a different random year of our lifespan. Um, and it'll be just like another podcast feed with old BGH coming in every week. So, um, yeah, if you, it's nice because it's like a way to get classics that aren't like the ad, look, the Google drive thing we know is not ideal, but like pe- pasting 600 episodes into the, like we talked about, Something like we new. load up all 600 in the Patreon feed and use that as a, it would take us a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of time. Well, and it's and so also, we, that option's still on the board, but it's that's not like an immediate. Yeah, thing that I can mean, just look, happen. we might. Yes, yeah, yeah. We we've yes, that's but, true. So um, and we're gonna make this but available. This is something to, we can do soon. We're gonna do it soon. Hopefully, December it'll be available to all patrons at every level. You know, it'll just be another way to get some it's, some classic BGH. It's like uh, what's it called um, on Shutter when you turn on the Shutter TV and you just get whatever whatever movie they're playing. Um, I just have to remember how because I'm sure some people don't have that link. I got to remember how to get that link to people who don't have it. Like you would get it when you sign up to Patreon. When when you go to your Patreon page, like when you sign in as a user, you can like look at the things you support. And if you're on the like bloody good horror page when you're signed in. It's in the like right hand corner. That's where I I can double check this again. But yeah, it's like there, and you just grab that link. You can add it to any podcast player, except Spotify. Uh, oh, and then stupid. you know. But yeah, like I have it. I use Pocket Casts, and then I just have another yeah. another feed in there that brings this stuff in. So I should probably upload truly anything but Spotify. I should well, update the I old use Spotify. So. <laughs> Sorry, I use Spotify as like a last resort. 
Well, you can also play them. Sorry, you can play them in the Patreon app too. Like it, whatever, if you if you're a Spotify yeah, user, like that's true. you can just stream right from the Patreon app as well. So that'll be cool. Um, that is an upcoming thing. Also, Patreon note. I've been since I've been messaging patrons about this. If you're at the Candyman level, all of those T-shirts have gone out officially, except one, Mister Chris, who lives in Canada. Patreon or uh, T Public will not accept his postal code. I don't know. You Canadians with your postal codes with spaces in them. I don't know what to do with this. I managed Australia fine, John, but Canada <laughs> will not cooperate. But everybody else is um is shipped, including there were a few people who um filled out the form and then lapsed their membership. I shipped out to everybody. So you're all you're all getting your shirts. So we're doing we're doing a solid and uh you know and I'm also we're currently looking into doing a Patreon exclusive shirt for Candyman level patrons first quarter. I'm I've been talking to some artists about it, so Get excited for that too. And Casey is Casey's. We're going to be doing some stickers probably, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Fun stuff. So there's Patreon stuff. Info at bloodygoodhorror.com. Uh, Caitlin and Kissimmee. Uh, and the Monsters remake. Did you see this, John? There was. Did you know? Do you know, John, that Rob Zombie's remaking the Monsters? Uh, it's we. This came up at some point, and I. I think we covered my my feeling on this is that I don't really care about the Monsters, so I consider this a safe thing for him to ruin. So, like, uh, I hope this project takes him <laughs> ten years. So there's like no no chance he's doing anything else. They're gonna be like redneck monsters or something. Like, what's? I don't does, know. Do we know anything about uh, hellbilly? it? Hellbilly. Yeah, we've yeah. seen we've seen the costume <laughs> pictures, and so far they're doing all right. The only thing uh, I'll yeah, say, the costumes look great. The only thing yeah. I'll say I'm into so far is Daniel Roebuck, Roebuck as Grandpa Grandpa Monster. Yeah. I learned a weird fact about the monsters this week that there were two movies made in the early '80s that they're like just widely considered to be complete trash, and Fred Gwynn wanted nothing to do with them, but they just paid him an exorbitant amount of money to do it. He apparently just hated the whole thing and wanted was over it and stuff, but you can find them on There's YouTube. Late- Dan Roebuck does look really good. Yeah. As, There's uh, a late nineties, uh, early two thousands TV series uh, attempt at a reboot too. It had uh, Jerry O'Connell in it, I think. Oh God. Yeah. I do remember that dude. Yes. Yes, there is. It was, uh, it was mockingbird lane though. They changed the name. I remember that. Right, was it CW or right, something? Right, right, right. Mockingbird Lane a thousand percent sounds like it was on the CW. I'm just going to guess. That's what yeah. And that one had Eddie Izzard, I think, as grandpa, which, you know, is inspired, I guess. <laughs> Eddie Izzard's pretty kooky. I like the guy. So. <laughs> I had a, like a catatonic Zabrombie Zom- Zom- moment. It's right now <laughs> continuing on my drive uh, up to Pittsburgh for BGH friend Mary's wedding. I was like toggling back and forth between Dracula and baby shark. Like, I don't know, there's something wrong with my brain. <laughs> I was like, I fully like went to the other, I don't, the further. Yeah, you were, yeah, you, you were did. off the deep end. Yeah. It was a good time for me. Um, more emails from Caitlin and Kissimmee next up. Um, episode episodes 57 to 67. She's doing like a re listen, John. I don't know if you remember that, but <sighs> So that's a 10 episode arc. Uh, the one time Paul Blart mall cop was on the top 10 box office for 10 straight weeks. Nice. <laughs> nice. I love it. I do miss box office report. I mean, it's like not a thing anymore, obviously. Even especially now. Yeah. Especially now. I thought yeah. we were living in the worst timeline now. <laughs> I know. And then she's, I've watched, I've watched Paul Blart mall cop and, uh, it's not great. She, uh, <laughs> 
It's fine. <laughs> One more email. We're kind of cheating. I know we stopped doing classics, but I'm, I'm kind of enjoying following Caitlin on her journey here. Um, episode 60, discussing the Friday the 13th remake about to come out. Eric says, quote, Jason X exists. This remake will at least be as enjoyable. Why do people get so mad? Episode 62 on the Friday the 13th remake. Eric, everyone is mad. <laughs> I mean, look, Jack, you could play that game a thousand times oh, yeah. during the, the history of this podcast. Like, there's never, you know, but yeah. That's a good one. And I never <laughs> learned my lesson. Like there what was that movie a couple no. weeks ago that the week before I was like, I can confidently say I know exactly what this movie is. And I had no idea what that movie was. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to look it up. Um, Caitlin, that's it for emails. Info at bloody good horror.com. I, um, sorry, I'm trying to, Oh, malignant. I said, I know exactly uh, what malignant's going to be. Guess what? No, I didn't. Uh, Kaylin, let's look at my top 10 list here before we get to Twitter. Yeah, I've got it up. I, I, I knew we would be touching This it. is probably the first legit tough decision, game time decision of the year here. So let's, can you give me the whole list? And I need to figure out, this movie's definitely is, going on is there. Psycho Gorman, Gorman finally coming out. I don't know. Let's, cause I, cause. Don't get my hopes up, Shars. Cause here's the thing. <laughs> this movie's definitely going on and I, I think Halloween Kills is going on, but I got to hear what's on this yeah? list first. Yeah, I'm interested. Okay, number one, you have Promising Young Woman. (laughs) Number two, you have Candyman. Three, The Green Knight. Four, Fear Street. Five, Forever Purge. Six, Werewolves Within. Seven, Malignant. Eight, Boys from County Hell. Nine, Psycho Gorman. And ten is Old. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm going to make another request, Caitlin, that at this point in the year, when I bump things, can you just put them off the thing but leave them on the page? Oh, I've been doing that for the last three movies. You are are the best. (laughs) Can you one more time? Because I just entered a... I just entered a few. Remember, Caitlin's our productivity beaver, so she's got a hand. <laughs> I just entered a full-on fugue state while you're giving me that list. Could you give me five to ten again? Because that sounded crazy to me. Five, so five to ten. Yeah, five is Forever Purge. Six, Werewolves Within. Seven, Malignant. Eight, Boys from County Hell. Nine, Psycho Gorman, and ten, Old. I think boys. I think boys from County Hell has to go. I did really like dig bumped down or just out kick it. I did okay. dig that movie, but it's already at the point where I could tell you nothing about it. So that's probably a bad sign. Um, or a, that I'm adult, but I got to kick something else, right? You know, if you want to put listen, Halloween kills and uh listen. Nighthouse in there. So first of all, what I would do is I would put this above Candyman. Let's do that first. Okay. At number two for Nighthouse. Yeah. Um, here's my deal with psycho gore, man. I hated that little girl character. It was written so annoyingly. It is such an original movie. Like when I talk about thinking about, I don't remember anything from boys from County hell, but I sure as hell remember that goddamn brain from psycho gore, man. Like I'm never going to forget that. So how do you rank that? You know what I mean? Like that's important to me, John. You got to keep it in for the hunky boys. Originality here. (laughs) Man, and I and I like. I do remember you know a what? more out of Psycho. Gordon well, Eric, we've got some good ones. I mean, we have Last Night in Soho, we have Antlers, Lamb, Titan. I mean, we've got. You're gonna have hard decisions to make. I'm gonna boot old as well, and let's put Halloween Kills at ten. Okay. Because I've watched it three times. Like, I it sucks, and I love it, and I hate myself for it. <laughs> I feel good that you're. It's getting bumped by the end of the year. Some of these movies, Psycho Gore, man. 
No, I'm so relieved. I know. Yeah, I could get bumped. That's true. Yeah, I could. Man, what a weird yeah, year. Got, I mean, we got a stack. Uh, it's been a weird activity. We sp- I mean, I remember we spent six months with me being like, I'm not even sure I'm going to have 10 this year. And then it's just all been like backloaded. It's yeah. crazy, dude. All right. Thank you, Caitlin. I appreciate yeah. your assistance as always. Casey, Oops. let's Twitter. <laughs> Yes, we are on Twitter at BG Horror. Uh, give us a shout with the hashtag SBGH. Ask us questions. We'll answer them as best as we can. First up, friend we haven't heard from for a while, Alex Jones. Have any of you caught the Day of the Dead series on sci-fi? It's surprisingly much better than you would expect from sci-fi. I have not. I, haven't I know people either. that like other series, like sci-fi series, I feel like people tend to like or they're they, you know i've heard they like <laughs> my question is when they do <laughs> the, they movies, like, the movies my question uh, is when they bad. do and maybe have you seen it casey i have not like i wonder when they do a day of the dead thing is it this is just a generic title we use when we want to do a zombie thing or are they going off themes of like we're stuck in a bunker or, or it's like military versus science like is there is there anything is it like connecting it to Dia the movie de los Muertos. is it like legitimately mexican <laughs> well no i think this is like because sci-fi owns that license to that romero film because they did they put out or somebody the same company that put out those trash creep show sequels also put out a day of the dead sequel like a 10 years ago. Yeah, there was two or three movies. One of them was like Rave to the Grave or something. Oh, <laughs> that's no, no, that's remake re- glow stick that's, zombies. Let's go. No, no, that's return. <laughs> that's return of the living dead. They also got two trash sequels on sci fi. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Get it straight, Casey. <laughs> Next up, we have a good buddy at Skizbot. Y'all ever just stand and eat over the kitchen sink because you don't feel like using a plate? I do, yeah. Sometimes. Yes. Sometimes. Andy Bernard, like no, a rat. I will put a. What am I, a Rockefeller? Of course, I've cried. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say cried? <laughs> no, I will. Um, I I cried into my. Not sink over the sink so much as somehow it makes me feel slightly better if I take a paper towel and put it on the counter. Yeah, I, that's exactly <laughs> what I was gonna say. Is just get the paper <laughs> towel, guys. Like you should throw the paper towel. But away. I'm still standing. Extremely dad move. Make a sandwich on a paper towel. I'm still oh, standing. I do it all the time. I know. I love it. Like I'm still standing. I'm still being really depressing. I'm still like, um, probably on my phone on like TikTok or some BS. <laughs> I'll give my kids stuff on paper towels and like, then it's obviously like a disaster. Like it's like they drop it or the other time that will happen is if I'm having like the other time that will happen, Caitlin, I know you can relate to this. If I'm I'm having like a sugar drop and I'm hangry, like I'm not, I don't, it's just going everywhere. Like I need to eat. I'm just going to, like yeah, but then person. I don't even go to the sink. Then I'm just like straight in my mouth. Yeah. yeah. Then it's like from the into cabinet. The <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Angrily making a turkey sandwich and then defiling it. The crumbs and tears need somewhere to go. Okay. <laughs> Eric just like glopping on some mayonnaise curiously. Oh, both sides of the bread. That's how I roll. That's a All good right. question. That is a good question. We have one last one here. Um, we do have one uh, that came in for Plug It Up Pod for me and Caitlin's most recent episode. So you can go out there and listen to that on the feed where we're talking about Slumber Party Massacre, just to throw it out there. Casey, someone told me it was their favorite episode yet. Oh, that was very nice. But I'm yeah. going to skip over that tweet because, you know, it's only going to it's inside jokes for me and Caitlin. Just I don't want to leave everybody out. Uh, our last one, though, comes from The Last Girl, G-R-R-L. Did I pronounce that right? 
Yes. Girl. Girls. <laughs> if you had to choose a, between a blind date with a carny or a war criminal, why would you choose Vladimir Putin? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ariel. <laughs> She's like calling me out on a couple things here. Um, so I'm just going to out myself because I'm going to lean in. Lost my virginity to a carny, and I have sex dreams about Vladimir Putin. Moving on. Wow. <laughs> is it the horseback thing? I was just going to say, like, is he like fly fishing? Not, not that. <laughs> is he fly fishing? <laughs> Wrestling a bear? No. Wait, can. Guys, you went right past the carny situation. I was going to say, was it like a, an attendant at a booth? Was it a ride operator? Were you at the carnival? Did you he go broke to a tourism? Up with me to go to the carnival. So, like, he was kind uh, of like. He had worked some summers as a carny, and like occasionally, he I could get him to do the like winna 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 step right up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Talking we about would, like <laughs> break up and get back together every summer during the break wow. for Apollo amusements. <laughs> <laughs> this is like um like something wicked this way comes kind of. That's how that movie started. Um, was the carny was the carny Russian, and is that the direct line to the Vladimir Putin fantasy? And that's my hmm. question. I don't know. He wore a lot of half tops, though. So does that not? <laughs> nice. <laughs> were they mesh? Of course they were. Of course they were. Why are you going to wear half crop top if it's not going to be mesh? It's oh, a point. Uh, good. <laughs> I love all of that. Thank you, Rachel, for sure. Was his hair longer or shorter than Schnarr's hair? Um. So it was the '90s. So it was like shaved on the side and really long on top. Yeah. It was Charles, you said you wanted to get a haircut. I mean, right. some good ideas. Some good ideas <laughs> some here. For you. That's inspo if you'd like. We'll start a Pinterest. <laughs> All right. All right. Oh, Eat it in the ninth. Go ahead, Casey. <laughs> That's it for tweets, Eric and gang. So, uh, but before I cut over, I'm going to give kudos to Ariel for her uh, Twitter style shenanigans. That's twice. She's doing good. I'm impressed. <laughs> Love it. Oh, yeah, Ariel. Okay. <laughs> I remembered question Tuesday and Tuesday morning this week. So I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Um, let's see. First up, this guy's for homage and his name, Casey is stealing your swag here. Are you all Uh-oh. excited for the Korean gore fest? The sadness unfamiliar. Uh, I saw people talking about this on Slack and I didn't know it was a gore fest, but there was, I, like whenever people start talking about a movie where I'm like, ah, maybe I'm going to see this. I like immediately, you know, try to tune out, but yeah. Um, that's I all think I I've had enough sadness the week, this week in movies after night house. It's the final stretch of the month. Did everyone get to do what they wanted to do for spooky month? No, I usually send out Halloween cards and they're just like sitting in their cellophane still and I'm not going to be able to get them done. So I'm pissed. <laughs> sending out cards for any, sending out cards for any holiday. Like if, if hell does exist and I go there, that's what I'm going to be doing is sending out cards. Yeah. I love sending out oh cards. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I haven't done that in a decade at least. That's your love I'm gonna language. Put them, you know what I'm going to use them for? I'm going to put them in our prize pack winners and I'm going to write a I nice long it. Halloween message in there. Cards mm-hmm. are your love language, Caitlin. It's true. I love it. We'd all be we'd all be better off if we could appreciate each other's love languages. There's a box in my uh, guest room that's already addressed to Eric. It's got a card and a shitload of VHS tapes in there. So oh. when I finally get to the post office, buddy, that you know what VHS tapes, my love language. So there you there go. There we go. How hyped are you for the new Paranormal Activity movie on a scale from nine to ten? 
Um, I discovered, I, I found out about it two days ago when I think Caitlin it's, told me. It's or going direct to Paramount, Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus. Is it Paramount I'm fucking Peacock? stoked. I love Paranormal Activity. Fun so fact good. plus. Oh, next of kin. Fun fact plus okay. not fun fact about Paramount Plus. They have old school Nickelodeon shit on there, like salute your shorts, but they are missing episodes. Oh. When they like. I don't know. Racist or something. I mean, like, <laughs> I have no idea. Like with 30 rock, they pulled a couple episodes, you know, I mean, that's but, like, totally possible. I tweeted at the Paramount plus account back when I discovered this and didn't get any kind of answer. Like uh, it's, you got to care in it. Escalate. Come on. I tried, <laughs> uh, dressing up for a Halloween this year, families, parents, oh, yeah. what are we doing? My son is going to be uh link from Ooh. legend of Zelda. Oh, cute. Oh, nice. I mean, he wanted to be other things that were like ridiculous and were going to require a lot of construction on my wife's part. My, I, maybe you guys remember last year, my wife made a homemade um, piranha plant from Super Mario costume for him. Yeah, out of paper mache. It was my wife like really went above and beyond. I mean, it was pandemic; we weren't doing a whole lot, so she like had some time. <laughs> um, this time, it was like take him to uh, a Halloween adventure or Spirit of Halloween, and you know whatever he wants love it so i don't know that i'm going it as anything my kids are uh, i got a i got a rapunzel and a mini mouse we're gonna go trick cute or treat yes because disney owns childhood now yeah they own everything yeah. my girls are both gonna be butterflies so nice cute. that's cute um what do you hope the next trend in horror will be my response was everything streaming day of yeah it's funny i thought yeah. it's funny i thought i'd be eric's talking specs i thought i'd be really excited to go back to the theater and i did it twice and I'm like nah i'm good i think i'm over it yep. i think i could yeah I, uh, I read on okay. slack that both jody and skyler had like door dashed theater popcorn to their house and i was like that's some next level stuff yeah that like could be dangerous if they did that here <laughs> i love it it's gonna be all in my couch cushions i can't wait did you know that there's a thing in some areas where Major chains have operate under different names on stuff like DoorDash to try to make themselves sound more like boutique places. You mean like Pasquale's oh, yeah. Pizza, aka Chuck E. Cheese? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, for that, for that exact thing, yeah, to try to sell more food. Isn't that insane? I love it. I think it's great. <laughs> Fascinating. I like the ones that you find too that have weird, obscure names, and you look at the map, and it looks like it's in somebody's kitchen in their house. That, I don't I know that might that, there. that might just be Indiana, Casey. It could be. <laughs> a friend of mine got scammed. Like her DoorDasher was like, "Hey, uh, this doesn't exist. This <laughs> restaurant is fake." <laughs> they they got your like fifteen like, bucks. How Sorry. does that happen? Yeah, that's wild. That's crazy. You'd think the app would like shut that down pretty. She quick. was like, "This is like my third order from this place. You just got scammed." <laughs> ah. I've only done uh, it once or twice. Uh, it's a little indulgent. Feels a little indulgent, honestly. Like. I can get in a car and go drive. I do like a good site where I can just order ahead of time without talking to a human, though. I'm pretty into that. I, I, I mean, love DoorDash. It's like all I in, do. In New York, yeah, we do. It's like we use Seamless. We, I think we seamless. probably use DoorDash. It's Grubhub. It's the same thing. Yeah, seamless yeah, yeah, Grubhub, yeah. yeah. Um, Any app questions you have about food delivery? <laughs> <laughs> send them my way. <laughs> did you slack on decorating for spooky season like I did this year? I. My, I'm semi-spooky in this house all year round. So like yeah. Yeah. the amount that I would need, basically it's just like I always have orange lights up and around my computer area and that's where I spend most of my time. So that's kind of all I need. 
my five-year-old through like not a huge temper tantrum, but like a medium because I told her we weren't going to really decorate anymore. She's been like doing all these like drawing pumpkins and like cutting them out yeah, and like yeah. wanting us. To and she like asked for a spider web. And I was like, look, Halloween is next weekend. I'm not <laughs> buying a spider web. And she went off. <laughs> like I was just like, I mean, Dad, she, maybe she'll be a, on a horror podcast. She'll, like, maybe <laughs> she'll be a spooky kid. They can't listen. These kids cannot watch any. They, what were we showed them? Um, Oh my God. We showed them some movie that was not scary and they were acting like it was, you know, the night house or something. It was ridiculous. Yeah, no, my, my five-year-old John is hates his normie ass kids. Yeah, they're, they're, they're very soft. My five-year-old is, uh, is driving hard to see, to go back to monster house. Cause I don't know if I talked about it on the show, but over the winter showed it to the two of them. The five-year-old is way into it. The, at the time, two-year-old was like, why are we watching this? <laughs> oh, so we stopped. No, you know we watched? We were watching Coco, which, by the way, my kids have seen multiple times, but we're acting like they were scared out of their minds this time. I don't know. They're, they're in very... the spirit of the season. <sighs> yeah. I, uh, I was taking, one of my cousin's kids, I, I tutor a bunch of them in reading, and I take one of them, he loves spirit, so we've gone a couple times, and the other one, they were like, Vinny's scared of spirit, and he was like, yeah, it's scary. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> Vinny, you tell when, it's when scary I, there. When I took my son, you know, he's seven and like he's does he cannot handle scary things. And we were like looking through the kids' costumes because I kind of like beelined it. But then when we were checking out, he like started to kind of like look around at the other stuff. And there was like a bag of like bones that you're supposed to like build a skeleton. He's like, What are these these are bones? <laughs> you know, it's like there's something else where he was like Dad, this place is like kind of scary. <laughs> so you know what's funny? Is what? your son Matthew McConaughey? Yeah, he's got. I guess so. The I thing I love about um, Coco is that it like de-stigmaed skeletons for my daughter from age like three on. So uh-huh. like then we would go into a Halloween thing, and she'd be like, "Hey, it's like Coco," and it's just a scary ass skeleton. I'm like, "Yes, it's just like Dude, Coco." That's right. Here's my problem with Coco: I cannot watch it without crying. That movie, fucking. Oh. Whew. It's yeah, brutal. It's, first of all, it is so it is I, like I love Coco. I can't even think about it without crying. Like it's really brutal. That's getting misty on the show. <laughs> I love Coco because it's like two hours and two and a half hours long, so I can put it on and go get some shit done. That's why I like Coco. <laughs> it's so good. I that's one of my favorites, but it's very sad. Um why are most Netflix horror movies so bad? Like ninety percent of them are awful. WTF. Yeah. Because yeah, no. there's no oversight and they don't care what it actually is as long as it's content. They care about like the runtime and the poster and that's it. They're a volume operation these days. True. I mean, truly. Like they really, it's the same. Re- like we don't talk about it as much anymore because now everybody's kind of getting original movies in some way. But like that Netflix original syndrome where everything's like 15 minutes too long because no one's doing wow. any quality assurance. Like nobody gives a shit. I, look, I think they've, they've, had some hit like it's surprising it's still it is it's like a pleasant surprise when they like his house was a netflix straight to netflix i mean that's like a really quality film like they have some but you're right like in on gen, in general it's a volume play they're going for and so it goes one more question ladies and gents um are you gonna fall asleep before you ask no, it or i've <laughs> been on the night shift john the second yeah. shift here um yo exclamation point ever play the horror side scroller splatterhouse if so yes, what was your Jesus. favorite level uh 
I like that he thinks I could get past <laughs> the first level in any game from the 90s. Yeah. Dude, that Splatterhouse was brutal, too. I remember playing yeah. it. Like, if anybody ever wonders why, like, watching old any video game really but especially why watching other people stream like old video games is such a thing it's because if you actually played them you never saw part unless you just played one game and laser focused on it forever like man there was a couple times growing up and like whenever that came out that i remember renting a sega from the video store and a copy of splatterhouse and playing it for an entire weekend and doing it that like two or three times i don't think i ever did see past the first level (laughs) yeah Brutal. All right. I heard the I heard the later ones are very good. Someone will have to tell me though. What I feel like there were some modern versions of that game too. Splatterhouse. Where's our make, movie remake of Splatterhouse? Right. A movie? Well, no. I th- I seem to remember like a PS2 version, like somewhere around that era. There was like an arcade game or something. No, I'm saying where's it? Why haven't they made one? Because it's Jason. It's Jason. Yeah. That's why you can't be like, dude yeah. with a hockey mask. Um. Back in the day when video game companies just nobody, those games were all made in Japan and nobody gave a shit about like copyright law. It's beautiful. <laughs> all right, that's gonna do it for the night house. Uh, we are taking a week off next week. Get a classic in the feed, and then we'll be back most likely uh, with this paranormal activity thing. I think we gotta gotta get that on there. So Caitlin's excited. We gotta we gotta program the rest of the year because there is a lot of stuff we're well, hopefully gonna get to. Soho, Titan, Antlers, Lamb. Paranormal. We're running out of weeks. Let's make a list and uh, do do the ditty here. Get it going. Rachel's like, Rachel's like, I have my own podcast to worry about. I don't care about this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just hoping you guys cover the Slumber Party Massacre remake because nobody's giving it love and it's so good. Is it? I I, it's fun. I proposed it. I proposed it. For sure. Um. Well, why don't we put that on the list too? Caitlin, as our organizational. Oh, it's on Hulu. Can you help us out? Mm Mm-hmm. Love it. All right. Happy Halloween, everybody. Hope you enjoy it. Going to take one week off, and then we're going to be back at it. Hope you enjoyed this show. We'll talk to you soon. See you. Happy Halloween. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.